Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. To boldly go where no one has gone before. Engage. Engage. Kirk Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer. Special Miss Burnham. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. And make sure that history never forgets. This is Engage. Sailing frequencies open, sir. And we're back. Thanks so much for listening to Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. My name is Jordan Hoffman. I am your host. I'm thrilled, honored, pleased, tickled, and amused to be in your ears right now. You can uh, find me on the internet, facebook.com slash engage the official Star Trek podcast. You can tweet at me and at Jay Hoffman. And um, we've, we're done with our recaps. Brian's with us again today. Hi, Brian. Hi, Jordan. We're done with our recaps. Uh, last week, we we discussed and analyzed and riffed about um, episode 115 of Discovery. And now, no new Discovery for a long time. We don't know exactly how long. We do not. Uh, but we know it's coming. That's good enough. You want to take a bet? Sure. Let's, let's, let's do a pool. It is today... We're recording this a little earlier than you're going to hear it. Today is February... What is today? The uh, 11th. Okay. It's February 11th. Today, February 11th, is the day that the last episode of season one of Discovery went on the air. On the streams. When will season two begin? Knowing what we know that these shows take a long time to produce and yeah. a long time to do post-production on, knowing that there's probably going to be some casting involved in this new one, which means scheduling. February 11th, when will we be back talking season two? Tick, tock, tick, tock. Tick. I'm going to give a very specific date. It's going to be a Sunday. It's going to be a Sunday. All right. I'm going to do mine, too. Let me get my phone. I don't have my phone with me. Uh, I, I'm going to say it is going to be Sunday, February 10th. Wow. Okay. I was going to go for January. Possibly. I was going to say January. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get it this year. I feel that that's fair. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm not happy about it. I would love yes, it to be exactly, next week. Yeah. But I think I, I want to be realistic. And I think with the with the streaming model, there's a lot less pressure to have that. Oh, show starts in the fall. 
ends in spring, starts again in the fall. Like I, I don't think that that everything need, with, with streaming they need to adhere to that as. So maybe it'll be later than January, February. No, no, I, I, I I'm, I'm thinking that a, a full year is is. Yeah, but they got it. Well, you know, think about it. If this was a, if this was some other show that it ended around now, it would probably start up again in the fall. I don't think so. I, I think we're going to get it's going to be in you know January, February around there. Okay, I think you're right too. I think that it's not going to be 2018. I think it's going to be. I'm going to say a little bit earlier. I think like first week back from the new year. And they need to get the jump on Game of Thrones. Do do that's do, 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 that's going to be do, do, do. that's coming back 2019 and what month? Uh, we, it does not. Do, not do, do, we don't know yet. Do 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 do. <laughs> Cut them off. Cut their heads off. <laughs> Do do do! It's the best theme song ever. It's a good theme song. Do 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 do. Brian, <laughs> let me tell you something. It's been a long day, hasn't it? Yeah, but I don't know when. Um, I don't know when. Um, Star Trek's coming back, but it's going to be a while. So why did I even bring that up? Because we're done with our recaps, and now we're moving forward. We're going to talk about other things in Star Trek, but before we do, we got one more bit. Of Discovery Season 1. One final taste. For those of you who can't get enough. We got, because to otherwise it would just not be it. So so guess what? Black Alert. Black Alert. Black Alert. We were there at the taping of After Trek. Um, which uh, occurs the same day. Uh, today. It, it, was, it was a few hours ago. The 11th. So after After Trek. We recorded an episode of After After Drag, <laughs> which was you and me, Soniqua Martin-Green, who plays the part of Michael Burnham in a television show <laughs> called Star Trek Discovery, and Anthony Rapp. And um, they put us in a nice room upstairs. It was really nice. Of I got to say thank you to the After Trek team. The producers there, they didn't need us hanging around. We were, we were just you know gnats in the way with our recorders. Hey, we want to tape. But they really went out of their way to help out. There was no... There was no upside to them, but they gave us a room. They set us up. They gave us a place to plug in, but they and then didn't give us chicken fingers. <laughs> they, no, they did. We just didn't get there That's fast true. enough. They almost gave us chicken fingers. Um, and we spoke to Sonequa, and we spoke to Anthony, and then after that, we spoke to Matt Myra. Matt Myra and I have been chums on the internet for a while, but we've never actually met face to face. So we talked. Matt Myra, of course, the host of After Trek, and he's been a podcaster for. Generations is a writer on the Goldbergs, very funny man, and we just schmoozed about Star Trek. So why don't we just go to it? Let's listen to, what was it, about 20 minutes with Sonequa and Anthony? Yeah, about 20 minutes with Sonequa and Anthony, and then about 40 or so with Matt. All right, so let's go back in time a few hours ago. Here's what I sound like when I'm trying to be professional with Sonequa and Anthony. Hello, everyone. This is a special edition, Brian, Red Alert. Black Alert. Black Alert. <laughs> Special edition for uh, uh, Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. We are blessed, honored, and thrilled that we are here on backstage of After Trek. What goes on after After Trek? <laughs> after After Trek is what happens. <laughs> right. So this is right here in this room. <laughs> after After Trek, we have Sonequa Martin-Green, and we have Anthony Raff here, and it is an exciting, exciting, exciting time because, uh, you know, this is kind of it for season one yeah you can kind of stick a pin in it now i was there mm -hmm. in la at the arc light theater where mm. 
it was first unveiled. Yeah. That was in August, I guess. September, yeah. Oh, yeah, August, August. I don't yeah. know. September, when, September <laughs> know, whatever. Please. September, it yeah. It might have been August. It might have been September. I, I, I don't remember either. It was hot that day. You know, mm-hmm. I no, it was September. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was hot. For, it was a hot. It, it was a hot September night. <laughs> yes. And um, and now it's done. Now season one is done. Yeah. So I want to ask you both. I mean, sort of a from thirty thousand feet. You knew starting when you were shooting. Oh my God, Star Trek! It's a big deal. We're gonna do the first season. It's gonna be a blur. Mm-hmm. But now you got a minute to breathe. Did it go the way you thought it was gonna go? Better, deeper, more meaningful, more special than I ever would have thought. Yeah, I mean, um, I also, by the way, never thought I would be on something like this. I, I always thought I'd just be a fan of these kinds of things. So it's pretty crazy to be inside of it. Yeah. Uh, but when, once I got inside of it, to be surrounded by incredible human beings that I get to work with and who have such passion and care. And, you know, it's been interesting, too, to be on the inside and knowing we knew the long form storytelling we were engaged in. We knew that there were going to be these twists and turns. We knew we had these secrets. You know, and we were also recon- recognizing that we were doing some things that were unusual in the in the history of Star Trek, and that we had to sort of keep asking the fans to keep faith with us. You know, right. and, I, and I yeah. and I'd like to believe we've proven our good faith by I now. Would, I would certainly say so. Yeah, mm. I mean that's a that's a good point. There was a little bit of like this is some people a little bit. This is new, therefore I don't like this. Right. What's up with people like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the 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 Trek audience is a very intellectual crowd and their, yeah. you know, their their opinions come from their love and their loyalty to the franchise, right? And to the legacy, really. So, you know, we appreciate those opinions and and we we respect them and we purpose to make them proud, mm. but also grab a hold of people who you know, didn't have opinions right. either, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, there as are well. Plenty of people that this is the first Star Trek they're ever mm-hmm. watching. Ever I've heard watching. from them and mm-hmm. uh, they don't know where to go next. I'm like, well, yeah. guess what? There's 50 years. So that's exciting. Yeah, there you go. So for a question for you, Sonequa, what mm-hmm. the same question for Anthony, you knew going yeah. into it, it was going to be a big deal. Yes, big thing. I did. This, this is kind of the day where you can finally put a pin in season one. Did yes. it go the way you thought it went? or yeah. was it? You know, I have to ditto what Anthony said in a lot of ways. You know, we knew that we knew the we knew the over we knew the the overall plan. Yeah. Right. Um, in a sort of umbrella <laughs> generalized kind of way. Like, OK, so here's the umbrella of the storytelling or, or, or the, the, the tree. But we didn't know all the branches that were going to come from yeah. it, essentially, or what all was going to you know, sort of stem from, from the umbrella <laughs> of, of Mixed the overall metaphors. story. What'd you say? Mixed metaphors, but it's well, you okay. Make them, I know, it's okay. You, you make umbrellas <laughs> so out of wood. and they You make umbrellas. Sure, sure. And, um, and also in a rainstorm, the safest place to be is under a tree, There right? you go. Oh, wait, no. So there you go. I, yeah, I mixed on purpose. Yeah. Um, so, but, but no, I, I, I was really moved by the courage. I was moved by the courage of the story because yeah. the story dreamed big and we did big things. Yeah. And I was not expecting for things to get um quite as deep um quite as specific uh quite as insightful i you know i was very i was very happy with everything that we took on um and i'm really excited um in our hyper serialized story for these things to continue yeah. to unfold and for you to continue to see the residual effects well, of everything well what's interesting is that um both of your characters went through some some pretty heavy shit, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't it went, say. It, went, it was. It was, and uh, I would say that both of your 
most emotional scenes from my point of view, mm-hmm. not that you asked me which I thought was your most emotional scene, was opposite the same character, mm-hmm. was opposite Ash. Mm-hmm. Yours was last week, episode yeah. 114, mm-hmm. and, I, and yours was this week. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you individually, because it's interesting that you were kind of bouncing off the same guys. So, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you have a unique experience with, with, with the actor Shazad Latif. You, your character last week bumps into him outside the mess hall, I guess, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's a scene that um, could have gone a hundred different ways yeah. in the writing, and then from the writing, it still could have gone a hundred different ways in the performance. You bump into the guy, and you don't punch him in the eye, mm-hmm. but you don't embrace him either. Yeah. So I want to ask a little bit about, about that sequence, because it's, um, you know, when you saw those pages, there's a million different ways to, to play that. I would, Well, first of all, I was very grateful that that moment existed and was brought to life because you know in the in the sort of tumult of everything happening there there haven't been very many chances to see how Stamets is reckoning with it right and it's understandable mm-hmm. there hasn't been time or space to do it and mm-hmm. also you know the moment i had with colbert in the in the in the mycelium network was kind of a kind of completion but not mm-hmm. fully you know so it's it the loss is felt but yeah. also not you know what i mean but yeah. then to be confronted with with Ash with his face. You're also still on a goal yeah. when you're in the network. Yeah, exactly. You're still figuring exactly. out the clues and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, and we're in the middle of the war. The stakes are so high. Yeah. So, but when it, when that was hand, when that was shown to me, I was really grateful that this existed in the first place. And then uh, I w- I also went back and I, I asked Aaron and Gretchen, our, our showrunners, if they could just if we if there was a room to make it just a little more um, ambiguous and a little more edgy, you know, a little more uh, unresolved. You know, yeah, and yeah. and I was grateful that they also gave us the chance. It was just like a minor tweak, just to give it a little extra cut. Was you mean like in a look or in a no in, in, the, the, line in the in the language? And I don't yeah. you know I don't remember exactly the language, but just to make it just a little more, a little less clean because I don't think it's clean. I don't. How could yeah. it possibly no. be? And that's what really jumped out at me in when watching it was you know in, in a lesser tv show this would all be tied up in a bow right now either they mm-hmm. would hate each other or they right. would be come on buddy let's go grab a beer right mm-hmm. and it wasn't like that yeah and that's you know i think that that's one of the things about our whole <coughs> season is these shades of gray and yeah. and the duality of situations and mm-hmm. i mean i think stamets is certainly smart enough to understand intellectually enough you know what's happened to this man at the same time right. personally it still happened so it's right. it's oh yeah uh, when you know, somebody yeah. wrongs you you can always understand why but it's a different thing to uh right. to to want to hang out with the guy afterwards exactly. so you had to share the same character yes for Shazad. when is he going to get to to freak out at you but <laughs> um but you, a little bit. you've had a few times well mm. you tried to strangle you for god's sake <laughs> but um so in this episode, 115, when you're on Kronos and, mm-hmm. and the whole thing with the bombing and the, and the vaping and the mm-hmm. all kinds of shenanigans mm-hmm. going on and the Orions and Clint Howard making yes. his third appearance on Star Absolutely. Trek. You know, he was not just the little boy in TOS. He right. was in Deep Space Nine. Also. He was. This guy has played yep. three different uh, parts. Um, similar thing. Mm-hmm. You just, you know... Last week you said, I look in your eyes, I see Vogue's eyes. Yeah. Now you see Ash's eyes. You think there's going to be a big kiss. You're going to go take take a weekend off sunset. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. 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 That, it, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I, what I loved about um, what we were given um, in, in the writing um, was... 
yes, it's not, it's not this, it's not this easy thing. It's, it's, it's far from simple and it's multi-layered and, and completely complex because you have these two people who love each other, but they, you know, by the end, by 15, they both understand that their paths are, are separating at this point now. And, you know, I love, I love how we were, you know, I, I have to give so much respect to Shazad um, as, as well as the writing, because I love the, the, the role reversal that we see a lot that we've seen in all of uh, season one with Burnham and Tyler. Mm. And, you know, where you see a lot of vulnerability coming from the man as well as the woman. And, yeah, you know, which the, is a big yes, deal. the yeah. vow to protect each other is not just something the man did to the woman. The woman mm. made the same vow, you know, yeah. back to him. And, you know, I, I really we really loved being able to to delve into that and, you know, <laughs> mixing metaphors again. You know, we we, we weren't we weren't necessarily um, we weren't anticipating that stemming from the umbrella um, <laughs> that, you know, that we would be able to 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 delve into that. Yeah. Well, you know, for now he's gone. I, you know, yeah. this this show's gonna go on for a long time, and there's gonna oh, be books you. and from your mouth, from your mouth, from your mouth. What mm-hmm. I'm saying mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you and Tyler are gonna get back together. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not asking. I'm telling. I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> you know, you've both you've both mentioned the writing, the writing, the writing, and you mm-hmm. have such great mm-hmm. writers on the show. Many of them have been guests before, but I wanted to point something out. The reason why I have my phone here is not because mm-hmm. I'm checking my stocks. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's a moment you're not in the scene. But it was mm-hmm. a scene where uh, Mirror Universe, uh, the Emperor, mm-hmm. uh, Mirror Giorgio, who I have mixed feelings about, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure we all do, mm-hmm. and Tyler and you, and Tyler is explaining how you can get at the um, uh, the Klingons. Right. <coughs> and hardcore fans, pardon me while I choke. <laughs> <coughs> I get so excited talking about Klingons that I... <clears throat> <clears throat> so Tyler starts explaining stuff to you. Oh, right. we're going to go into the... It's right. about the River Scrawl and where right. Morlor was. A, right. What you need to know, he's smiling. What you need mm-hmm. to know is that story that he's telling mm-hmm. in brisk pace mm-hmm. is actually taken from deep Klingon lore. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in episode one of season four of Deep Space Nine, mm. Worf sings a Klingon drinking song, huh. which tells the story that Tyler is telling you. This is how hardcore awesome. your writers know, are. Yeah. So if you like, and I know that you're a musician, so I know you want to listen to this song. This is in the original Klingon now. I'm going to play this 23 seconds, so bear with me. River Scrawl, Scrawl. Yeah. Where Kalos slew yeah. Morlor and the river ran. So the, what happens awesome. week to week, and I'm, awesome. I'm sure you're all aware of this, is that there are the real hardcore fans like I who are, you know, living alone in solitude and silence mm. and sadness that uh, when we um, watch the show, there's always at least one where we go, oh, yeah. that's the thing. Yes. yes. So I'm honored... And it brings me great joy that I could play the Klingon drink. Thank you. Thank you. We are honored to have been. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, No, it's groovy stuff. It's groovy stuff. And there was a lot of, in this this episode particular, episode 115, there's a lot of um, cannibalism discussed. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, right? I mean, eating Kelpians. Lorel reminds us that she ate 
your mother. Mm-hmm. How are you hanging out with her making deals? This is the Federation. You have to put aside your... You do. Forgiveness. <laughs> forgiveness. This is the Federation. This is Starfleet. Yeah. And this is now, you know, this is this is Stamets. This is now Michael Burnham. This yeah. is, you know, that's that's what it's... That's what it's about. And it, you can't do it when it's convenient, you know, <laughs> or you can't only do it. Is this you know, going to affect convenient. the philosophy of your, you're raising a small child, I know. Is this going to mm-hmm. affect the, you got to say, be like Starfleet. Like when you want to take vengeance, you got to like, if, if Michael Burnham can forgive Laurel, yes. who ate her mother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably didn't even put it with a nice sauce or anything. Just ate it raw. Just oh, raw. They, they mentioned seasoning. They did. They did mention yeah, seasoning. Yeah, she says you require she seasoning. Require seasoning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I take that part back. Yeah, well, it's not. It's about not taking shortcuts to the path of righteousness. It's about not breaking rules that you know that destroy moral authority. It's all those things that I say in that in that speech, right? It's you know I I think about you know the the pilot of Next Gen, and mm. and what all the things that they said about Starfleet, and and it really is an example of the best of ourselves and how we can work together and be united and be equal and all of that. So yeah. It's 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 really um, innovating, I think, to be to see people actually doing it when it's hard, when there's heartache involved, right? Because um, that's when that's when the rubber meets the road. Yeah, it's when it's earned. Yeah, it's yeah. It's earned. yeah, yeah. Starfleet and your character and your life, you live out in California. No, I, I live in New York. Oh, you do live in New yeah, York. Yeah, I live in New York. Well, all right. When it rains in New York, <laughs> traffic dies. Try going on the subway when it's raining. You can't yeah. do it. Try getting a taxi. You can't sure. do it. You've now done a full season of television where you have access to the spore drive. Yeah. How will your relationship with traffic change as a result of playing this character? <laughs> well, yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be <laughs> nice <laughs> if we could blink places? <laughs> yes. 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 I feel All right. that would well, be. You yes. know, well, you have to rise above, I guess. Yes. You know. you, I mean, boy. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to hang out with my cats when there's lots of traffic. That's, what I, that's how I <laughs> abide it. Um, you got a little little bit of time until you start shooting again. Yeah. You got a little time. What are you going to be doing for, You know, with your time off? Well, speaking of my son, I'm just eating him up. <laughs> and like, I guess not, speaking not of like cannibalism. Not like <laughs> I know. I know. That's a funny thing to say right yeah. after we talk about cannibalism yeah. in the finale. Um, but, but yes, you know, just spending so much time with, with my husband and with my son and, you know, laying, laying the groundwork to ultimately teach what Starfleet represents, I suppose. All these things that we get from the, from the stories we're blessed to tell, you know, you want to pass them down. Right. So So yeah. You get get X amount of weeks off, you're locking the door, taking the phone off the hook and just staying. Well, no, the phone does, the phone doesn't go off the hook. (laughs) I still got to answer the phone. (laughs) And I still have lots of things, you know, to do, of course, but, but it's, but it's been, it's been amazing to have the, the family time. Awesome. Yeah, family time. I just I just got back from visiting my dad in Seattle. You know, things that are harder to do when we're stuck in Toronto. Yeah, you know, it's, um, yeah. not and stuck. Some, I don't mean stuck not not in a bad way, but you know, you're doing yeah. some gigs also. Yeah, I'm right? doing some concerts uh, here in here in the New York area. A couple of things like in Long Island and uh, where where in Long Island? Uh, Stony Brook. Yeah, sure. Oui. Yeah, yeah. Middle of March, I think it's hard. To, yeah, end oh. of March. I don't remember. You know, they're in my calendar. <laughs> I just go where they tell me. Um, you know, got a couple little irons in the fire, like trying to get some projects, you know, but it's like stuff that can afford to have time to sort of ponder and right. plant seeds for and cook a little bit and, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully it'll bear fruit down the road. All right. But this March, if I want to see you in Stony Brook, uh, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, sure. Go to the website and find it. Yeah. I'm going to be there. It's going to sure. be great. Me too. First round. <laughs> sure. 
Um, cool. Well, listen, hey, I, the, your, your people here are letting me know politely that, it, that you do need to go and do other things. But I got one last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw on After Trek, uh, they did the count, and you've worn 15 different outfits on the show. What was your favorite? <gasps> oh, I didn't know you were going to ask me what my favorite was. Um, um, I really like the mirror. I, I really, it was so That's the slick most, and That's the most Jean-Paul Gaultier cover of the Manhattan Transfers album, yeah. Extensions. It's pretty intense. With the, with the captain's plate. Yeah. All right. That's it a looked good, really nice. That is a good answer. You're the first Vulcan costume we see you in. Yeah, that red, that red thing yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful yeah. at the graduation. Yeah. I think you could rock that just day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, everybody needs a cape, <laughs> right? Anthony, how many costumes did you wear on the show? I actually had more than most because I had the regular and then I had like the time when I was just in the shirt in the spore drive chamber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had when I was like in my coma, I had like a jumpsuit yeah. kind of thing. You, you wore jammies too. And then you yeah. had, I had my the pajamas and you then had I had the mirror. Jeans. So I had, quite a, I had quite a few too. Yeah. 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 I love the pajamas. The pajamas are like. The that, was mo- your, that was your favorite? They're most comfortable. Yeah. They're like they looked so it. comfortable. Yeah. I mean, all, all we were joking around, but all seriousness, uh, we talked about this the last time. The scene with with the two of you brushing your teeth is just yeah. iconic. Yes. Yeah, it was Thank such you. the right way mm-hmm. to yeah. introduce that whole relationship, and so natural and really just touching. And it's been amazing to see how much Colburn Samus were embraced too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I, I think we all had hope that maybe that could be possible but it was like immediate it seemed and like everywhere and and it's just only grown over time and yeah it's really mm-hmm. it's really meaningful to all of us involved in the show to know that that's the case right it's sure really something yeah no it's it's, it's really cool and um our friend sarah gatos who does all the star trek yeah. comics yeah has sh- uh, showed on um twitter there's a special i know the statement, my, my head is exploding. special. It's coming out my in a couple of weeks, I know, I can't and your 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 meet cute with Culber is is that's pretty much what know, the comic is. I, I think. know, I can't believe it, but I just can't. I'm you know I've been reading comic books since I was like eight years old, and and I, I mean I had a huge collection. I used yeah. to I used to ever I used to be on tour with the show, and I go into every city's comic <laughs> book store and like carry my comics around the country to yeah. be in a comic is making my head explode I can't oh it's good it's stuff crazy. god is so good it's look crazy. at you <laughs> um cool well listen congrats again have fun <laughs> on your minor time off and then get back to work i guess right yes, we for got sure Happily. more star Season trek two. to watch here we go Happily. it's gonna be great well thanks again yeah. and um brian any last thoughts i got nothing <laughs> great way to end it. We're, right? we're just excited. I know. I love that. We're, we're excited. Thank we're, you guys for having, fans. having so us. Great to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Engage. Engage. The official Star Trek podcast. Energize. Okay, that was fun. Anthony Rapp uh, was smiling at me when I was playing. Uh, you couldn't see because his head was turned. When I was playing uh, Worf uh, doing the Klingon song, <laughs> he was really laughing. And it was um, he it, was. It was 80% laughing with, only 20% laughing at. But it was there. <laughs> but it was done with love. It was like, what? You you nerd. But, uh, n- but done with love because he is, he is a nerd also. And I think Sonequa is too. I mean, she's a very well put together nerd, but I think she's got a little bit of yeah. No, she brought up she brought up um, the the the, uh, the the pilot of Next Generation. She did, she did. She knows her stuff. She's wonderful, and she looked great. Uh, it was exciting to be with her. Uh, she is very warm. You know the expression "lights up a room." Yes, absolutely. With her, forget about it. And I've met her once before, and it was the same thing. I mean, she is a star. She really is. No diss to Anthony Rapp. I'm just saying she comes in the room and it's just boom. You know, it's just wow. A lot of energy, fun, engaging. You you want to like her and she she gives it all back. There is no surprise that she is a major Hollywood television film star. I, I, I'm and, just I'm thinking back to uh, we obviously took pictures with them after the, the recording. Yeah, and I sent it to my wife immediately, and her response was "f you." <laughs> She was very jealous. Yeah. No, she's a sweetheart. So um, I'm excited uh, that we got a chance to meet her. Um, so, yeah, no, but, you know, it's funny. Anthony Rapp was talking about how, uh, well, you just heard it because we just played it. But it, when he was schmoozing about um, comic books, that was legit, you know, and he's the type of guy that was a collector. And I bet you he, I should have told him about the special deal from Eagle Moss. Yes. He's the type of guy that I think would like to know about the officially authorized by CBS official Star Trek Starships collection available only from Eagle Moss. The ultimate collection of vessels from across the Star Trek universe, from the original series to Star Trek Beyond and Beyond. Each model is cast in a specially formulated metallic resin and hand-painted with references to the original CG models used in production and, where they exist, photos of the original Studio models, and each ship comes with a display base, display base, plus a collector's magazine featuring behind-the-scenes info, original design sketches, and a breakdown of the technology on board. You can start your collection today with the USS Enterprise NCC-1701D for only $4.95 with shipping, and new models ship twice monthly and delivered directly to your door. You can cancel your subscription at any time, but you never will. Because you're going to want more and more and more. And you, for more information and to order, you go to st-starships.com slash engage. ST-or ST- depending on how you roll. ST-starships.com slash engage. These are great. I have some Eagle Moss ships. Don't have the whole collection because it's just, uh, it was, uh, you know, for me, I only wanted a few. But I've got a few great ones. They're really nice. Beautiful details. They fit right there on your desk, and they come with a really nice, glossy dossier on each ship. 
And, you know, it starts with the Enterprise D and then goes deep. We're talking shuttles, weird runabouts, a ship that's only seen for two seconds in one episode. Eagle Moss Collection is the best. You know who else would like Eagle Moss? I was going to say this, our next guest. Our next guest, Matt Myra, it was it was made for him. Absolutely. He, he probably has Eagle Moss. What you're going to hear in the next interview is Matt Myra's love for Star Trek tech. And when he was talking about the tech of the Enterprise Discovery version. I was just nodding. What are we what because... are we what are we gonna call that? Because there's the Enterprise, there's the Enterprise Refit, the Enterprise A, the Enterprise D, the Enterprise E. Then there's the Enterprise Remastered from the original series Blu-rays. Thank you, Okudas. What are we gonna call? Then there's the Kelvin Enterprise. That's a good question. This is and he can't call it Enterprise D for Discovery because that's the Enterprise D. A lot of people have no idea what I'm babbling about, but a lot of people do. No, no, it's, it's a good question. Yeah. It's an absolutely good, great question. There's so many enterprises. There's that, now, how do you distinguish this model? Because you know that Eagle Pike. Moss will. It's Pike Enterprise. But there are... Mm. Enterprise P for Pike. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a question we should have brought up with Matt, and we're going to have to bring it up eventually when we get one of the producers of Discovery back on the show. Ted Sullivan... My number is always open to you. Give me a call. Let me know what we're calling this ship. All right, let's get to it then. Going back in time, just a few short hours ago, we sat with Matt Myra on the seventh floor. What? Seventh floor? Something like that. Yeah, seventh floor. Uh, and he had had chicken wings, and we didn't, but we still talked to him. And that conversation went like this. All right, now we're recording? Yes, now we're recording. Three, two, one. Oh! We were recording the whole time. He just wrote down the time code yeah, to cut and, from. And yeah, we're, I'm cut. And we're back! <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> Soniqua and um, Anthony left, and now we have the real talent in the room. Oh, that is bullshit. <laughs> Can I swear on the Star Trek podcast, or Absolutely. am I making him write down more Absolutely. time codes no, we, we, we swear when necessary. We swear sure. only to advance the plot. Yes. We never swear for no reason. Sure, sure. Sometimes we swear just for funsies, and you know, some people. What was the first swear? We, I, one time, a, guy, a, re, a listener did um, double dumbass on you. I think was the first one. <laughs> no, a listener did um, complain about us cursing. Yeah, I got a note that said, you know, you should really write explicit on there. Uh, and I'm like, I'll did I swear? That. So I went back and listened to the whole thing, and I did say something like, "Ah, that's a bunch of shit," you know, like I said, "That's ah, bullshit" or something. But probably some, like one ever. Some people are very sensitive. Matt Myra, thank you for joining us on Engage, uh, the official <laughs> Star Trek podcast. Jordan, uh, thank you for allowing me to officially be on the official Star Trek podcast. <laughs> a lot of fish in the room. I'm glad that we're all here yeah. talking about CBS, CBS All Access, uh, Star Trek Discovery. I don't know. Whatever you want to talk These about. These are shows that we all like. And this is now season one is done. You're officially off. You're off the clock now. I am officially off the clock. You... um. Just to give a little background. I am texting Gretchen Berg right now. But yeah. yes, I'm still off the clock. Tell Gretchen. Tell her that we want I her. I will. Tell her we want her on the show. I will. Want engage the official Star Trek podcast. She'll never do it. <laughs> she, doesn't even, she doesn't even listen to podcasts anymore out of fear that they'll say something about Discovery that will not be joyous. We, as a general rule. And as a, as a rule of thumb for me, I also... Never listen to podcasts really? that talk about things that I might be involved with. Because, oh, okay. quite frankly. You don't need the headache. I don't need to. I'm not listening to the gold nerds. 
the Goldbergs podcast. No. I'm not going to listen to that. No. What if they accidentally say, you know, I didn't like that episode that Matt Myra wrote? Well, you know. I'd be like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> it's true. When you put something out into the world, you have to expect that there will be people who won't like it. You don't have to search out those opinions. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody comes to you with like, oh, I liked what you did. You're like, great. That's terrific. If somebody comes and says, oh, what you did was shit. Like nobody would do that. Right. Well, some yes. crazy people will. So by the same token, you don't have to sniff around for negative feedback. Sure. If there's positive feedback, somebody might tell you, oh, did you read the thing that somebody wrote? And blah, blah, blah. Then you go, all right, I'll take a look. You know, great. But, you know, as a general <laughs> rule, you can leave it alone. Yeah. But sometimes they come at you. And like I said, I did receive a note from somebody who was very upset that we use a swear word. You know, I've but, been there. That's why I tag every podcast I do with the explicit tag. So yeah. that in iTunes, you're prepared for the occasional <laughs> swear about. Right. <laughs> so um, let me let me ask you a little bit about, you are the host of, of After Trek. Yes. You've done 13, 12 episodes. No, uh, 14. We've done 14, yeah. Because we One, did two for the pilot because it was a two-parter. Right. That aired the same night. So uh, what is your Star Trek origin story? Uh, How did you cross paths? You know, it's, a, it's a hard to remember my life without Star Trek. Uh, my mother was a big fan of the original series. And because they were in reruns constantly in the 80s, after school usually, um, we just sort of grew up in a house that always had Star Trek on. Um, I remember, I mean, that was later during the 25th anniversary, the VHS clamshells that started to come out. Remember the TOS clamshells mm-hmm. that came out? We had those. We had the, my mother was a big fan of QVC used to do these Star Trek oh, episodes, you know, where yeah. they would shill. So like Shatner, <laughs> for the tapes. Shatner would be out there shilling for something. It oh, could be we any, gotta... ranging from anything from a communicator prop replica to uh, buy a Tribble for thirteen <laughs> Um, and, and you get a tape of T.J. Hooker on the side sure, you know, as an extra. Sure. Yeah. And my mom would free. I would actually. I used to love watching those. Um, but my mom was a big QVCer too, so I remember those very specifically from my childhood. Um, but yeah, when the original series was in reruns, I was watching it. When TNG came out, I have memories of my childhood. When TNG came out, I was only five. So, but I do have vivid memories of my older sister Julie being a big TOS fan, being angry about the next gen coming out. Really? Yes, being like, wow. they're not, it's not Star Trek if Kirk and Spock and McCoy right, aren't there. Right, right. Um, well, she's right. It's all been a sham since. Sure. Uh, it's all, all right. been a sham. <laughs> and my mother was more of like, oh, this will be interesting. Let's see how it is. And she loved it. Um, and I had to warm up to it too because I was more like taking the side of my sister. Well, also as a young like encounter at Farpoint is not exactly action packed for a yeah, kid. Yeah, it's not you a know? huge. It's not a big touchstone episode. No. It is in the sense that like it brought TNG back or Star Trek back to television. Right, but nobody talks about Groppler to Zorn that much. Right. You know, it's not like he's. Um... I yeah. So I had. So that was my sort of very early childhood. And then, you know, we were, my mother would take us to Star Trek conventions. Um, as a kid, I would go to a lot, all the Star Trek conventions that were in Boston at the Heinz Convention Center. Um, we would go and, you know, we, I saw everybody. I saw Shatner, Nimoy, Kelly, uh, Kane. I've seen, I think I've seen, at a convention, I've seen everybody from the original series. 
I've seen everybody from TNG. I have, you know, so, and that was the prime time. Yeah, the twenty yeah. fifth anniversary of Star Trek. That was like the heyday, golden era of convention going, and of uh, just being a fan and being able to buy merch. Like, yeah, they were making so much merch, and that, that was point. just when that led right into the other golden era, which is you have TNG movies, yes. DS9 thick in the yep. Dominion War arc, mm-hmm. and Voyagers starting. Right. And you had all these three things happening at once. Yeah. And there's like, you, you swing a cat and you get some Star Trek. Yeah, there's and I consumed all of it. I really <laughs> I did. And I... Now, Star Trek was not always cool like it is now. No, I would... Did, did you, you know, ever get... I have a moment I remember very vividly from my, from my high school days. Uh, my friend was over. <laughs> my friend Crystal was over, and we were in my room, and she opened my closet. And in my closet, on the other side of my <laughs> closet door, I had a Generations poster. Oof. Which was the, uh, which was McCoy, I'm mean, not McCoy, which was uh, Picard and Kirk separated by the Delta. You know right. that and one? Right, and it was like a bl- purplish mm-hmm. blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I had that one in my thing and she's like you like star trek and i was like i do she's like i do too i was like awesome oh there you go um i thought chris was like we're not going to prom <laughs> after all I, you know and then i thought to myself i was like oh, okay i shouldn't really keep this part of me uh, contained i can i can let it go and uh yeah i mean yeah there was a time i'm a smidge older than you so i yeah. remember when tng started i was really into it yeah but the only other kid in my school that was out as a Star Trek fan was like the, the dork of all dorks. I mean, yeah. he was just, uh, and not even like a, like a cool kid. He was just a mess. So I didn't really want to associate with him. So I kept it to myself. But then uh-huh. when the episode Conspiracy aired, sure, the first one where heads exploded, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. then people were like, do you see Star that show? Star Trek's actually kind of cool. And it was like, oh, all right, these other kids like it. I'm like, I can now unleash... My fandom, be like, I've been watching since the encounter at Farpoint. They got to bring those conspiracy worms back. <laughs> I mean, there's really no, they're out there, you know, they're out there somewhere. Yeah. They're they, borrowing they the... set it up to like, we're going to touch this again. <laughs> Maurice Hurley's like, we're going to do this. There's going to be so many worms. Uh, so that's my Maurice Hurley impression, yeah. if anyone cares. Not uh, too bad. Not too shabby. Uh, so... In sixth grade, actually, I got invited to a girl's birthday party for the first time. Or not birthday party, a girl's Halloween party oh, for the first time in sixth better. grade. And what I, I dressed as Scotty. That's what I wore. <laughs> that's what I wore. It was a red sweater. I made a Delta out of tin foil. Yeah. It was really a time. That's hardcore. Yeah. That's so I have great. been, I have been in it, and I am uh, cool. one of you listeners. I'm, I'm one of you, Jordan. I'm obsessive star trek that's, fan. that's awesome to the that's point cool. like my real obsession with star trek like my the thing that i get nerdy about with trek is has always been how the ship works how fast can it go what is impulse uh what is the maximum warp how much deuterium do we need for a journey where you know that tank course- that tank takes so much of the star drive section up like people don't realize how big that deuterium tank is. It's it's funny because impulse is something that has. I mean, I would imagine that full impulse power. Yeah, is still what compared to warp one, because warp one oh, is the speed of light. Yes. So well, f- warp one is theoretically the speed of light. Now, there's so many. They've changed the warp. 
Mm. They've changed the warp scale many times. Right, because warp 10 is, is, is being everywhere at once. Yes, right? warp 10 is infinite, of course, right. but legendarily achieved by Paris on a Delta Flyer. <laughs> we all get that. We've all been there. Right. Um, now, you when you're dealing with a, a trans-warp drive like the Excelsior had before Scotty took a bolt out of it and made it not work forever, and they just did away with trans-warp travel. Right. Uh, it is sub-impulse, full impulse... Isn't it, isn't it like 0.95 the speed of light? I think. I feel like full impulse is much faster. Much faster than we realize. Than we realize it is. Like, so like when they're going out of space dock at a quarter impulse, you're like. It's still pretty fast. It's still pretty fast, yeah. Out of control. Guys. Well, I Slow believe when they do quarter impulse, it's like we're leaving space dock and there's Pluto. Like yeah. they're gone yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this it's a little inconsistent throughout the writing. Well, I mean, look. I spoke to Michael and Denise Okuda mm-hmm. about this question, and they refused to give an answer. When you beam, yeah, do you die? Yes, I think you do. I've always thought that. Yeah, I've always thought that your pattern, your the energy. First of all, the energy required to actually do a beam would be <laughs> immense, immense, and the amount of storage you need. I don't care how many isolinear chips you have. Right, you are needing to store an entire human body. Your, every molecule, every yeah. placement of that molecule in order to restore And you're going to need redundancy in case yes. you screw up. But I have always, you know, ever since the Prestige came out, that's how I, that's <laughs> I, was, how I, I think was gonna it works. I was going to say that as soon as you finished talking. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. Well, in, in, now if you in read... In my mind. It, well, not just your mind. If you read James Blish's Spock Must Die mm-hmm. from 1971, he posits the Prestige theory. Yeah. That when you go through, you are spat out a new, a new yeah. person. Yeah. And the Okudas... Um, they 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 didn't they neither confirm nor deny you know I mean had they seen the Prestige yeah yeah they knew exactly what I was talking about but okay. you know they didn't want to get into it it's a lovely uh, realization of what yeah no it's good is. I mean I think the best thing about the Prestige is that it has uh, touch points with uh, Star Trek and yeah. it's, it's beaming that's yeah. its really yeah. purpose um, but uh, if that is the case no wonder Doctor McCoy doesn't want to get in the goddamn uh, oh, he never. Yeah. I, I always, I always respected him for that. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want my atoms scattered across the galaxy. No, either. take a shuttle. Who's exactly in a rush? Exactly it. He takes a shuttle in Farpoint, and everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, that's McCoy." You know, it's the well. It's the people that are rich enough to take their time. It's like people who go from New York to LA on the train because they can. <laughs> They're like, they'll wait for me. Yeah, I'm not taking. No, that would never work for me. JetBlue. <laughs> You've been doing a lot of traveling because of this show. I have back and forth every weekend. You do a lot of that. This is weekend 14 of my travels about the country. What do you do on the plane every week? When Depends you... on which flight it is. So on the flight out, it's usually a red eye, so I will try my best to sleep. Mm. Uh, the flight back used to be the earliest flight possible where I would get picked up at 4.15 in the morning and taken to the airport Oof. on Monday. In that case, I would not sleep all night. I would, oh, you just stay and up. And I would do the sleeping on the plane, and then I would go to work at the Goldbergs. So, so Sunday nights, pre, this the previous fifteen weeks yeah. or fourteen weeks, you've been up all night in New York. What do you do? Do you like? Do you go like out raging, or just go to like delis <laughs> no, all night? You know Where what do you I do a lot? Well, stay in and we read. Used to, or? We used to shoot. We used to shoot after Trek, much much we later. To, we do. We used to do it live. Yeah. Now we do it live to tape for many reasons, but the main reason is that. It allows us to ingest it into CBS All Access's uh, play system, 
so that you can watch it immediately after Discovery. Because before, if you weren't watching the feed, yes, you would not be able to jump in and start watching it. So what we've done is we've adjusted our start time so that you guys at home can watch it immediately. We, the end user, thank you. Yes. Uh, so that's a that's that's the a little peek behind the curtain. But uh, I would generally on those days I would we would sh- we wouldn't get out of here till ten ten thirty, and then I would either walk up the street to a bar at the uh, uh, at Houston and I would drink like a Guinness and some water and then I go back and forth, or I would walk the city. I'm a big believer in walking in New York. Yeah, I I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it. I don't like when they have cars for me. Like they would, depending on what hotel I was at, they would send a car and I would many times I'd have them cancel the car. I'm just going to walk. It's silly. I love it. I love walking. I love walking uptown, downtown. I'll go from This is a Soho. This is someone from L.A. talking. Because in L.A. you can't walk anywhere. You can't walk You get anywhere. eaten by a coyote you if you can't walk, walk anywhere. It's, it's ridiculous. But the, my genuine, like I come to New York, I can eat like shit. I'm sorry, I'm saying it again. <laughs> I can eat like crap. I can eat like 45 slices of pizza and I'll still lose weight in New York because I'm literally moving for the first time. Wow. It's crazy. You know, I've thought about this. I am not the most svelte of gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I often wonder what I would look like if I didn't live in New York and have oh, to walk places. You don't want that thought in your head. No. No, 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 no. No, no. no. I would be... Uh, we saw the tardigrade. I yeah. think it would be yeah. something similar to that. I agree. I would... I, if I... <laughs> Oh, if I didn't get these walks in, it would be a terrible, terrible time. Episode 115, which we just watched, um, did you know Clint Howard was going to be in it beforehand? No. You watch a, the show, like you get to see it like a little bit before the, the general I public. I honestly could have watched everything months ago. I could have seen ah, all 15. Nah. I could have. But, but, but I chose yeah. to watch it every week. And this actually, this episode was the one I watched closest to the release because I was so busy at work that I didn't have time to watch it until yesterday in my hotel. So I watched it on Saturday and uh, I did not know Clint Howard was going to be it. I, I, I just honestly was just like, what what are they going to do with this Giorgio situation they've right. created for themselves? Yeah. I kind of like that she's out there. I mean, yeah. this is this is airing after so we can spoil away. This is... Um, you know, they, they reach something of an understanding and now she's a foe in yeah. in our universe yes. that will appear maybe a season and a half from now. Right. You know, that's my guess is yeah. that we're not going to see her for a while and something's going to happen. She's not a good person. Right. She's so she's going to get into trouble. She's the Terran Emperor. I don't yeah. understand, like, the whole concept of Starfleet installing her on the bridge of the discovery was bananas to me. It was crazy pants. It was it was the act of very desperate people. Yeah, yeah. But it's surprising. And Sarek immediately owned up to it and said, "I I don't know." What, he was like, it was like he had a hangover. He was like, I don't know what happened last night. Yeah. You know, it was like yeah. I, we, we went a little nuts. And yeah, they went over the line. Oh, I, and I and I think that it was good. They they sort of wrote themselves to a place where they bring it back to Starfleet and the Federation ideals. And that's, you know, for me, that's always been sort of the integral part of a Star Trek series is that sort of uh, betterment of humanity and that sort of quest for knowledge. And that, you know, I think it was I think it was showcased best by Picard as far as like, you know, who could we 
punch a bunch of Starfleet material into a computer and come out with a captain, it would be Picard. Sure, because, yeah, yeah. You know, he at the end of the day was just, he's an he's explorer. He's, he's an explorer who's yeah. a diplomat and who wants to do his thing on, on a starship. And, and for me, I felt like this season of Discovery... They started it in a very dark place. They started in a in a in a world where we're at war with the Klingons, or in a universe where we're at war with the Klingons, and and it's dealing with that and maintaining your humanity, which I think they have showcased beautifully with Burnham's character. Yeah, no, there are some really nice echoes in the last episode with the first episode, mm-hmm. um, which was discussed on your show, so we don't have to go over them mm-hmm. again. But but they really are. They mirror, if you will, mm-hmm. one another nicely. And it's it's pretty cool. The The big ending is interesting with the Enterprise showing up. I think fans are going to have heart attacks about that. And I think there will be some dissonance. Yes, but I don't know if it's going to be a good heart attack or a bad heart attack. It's going to be a, it's a difficult thing for yeah. people to process, I think. Yeah, It'll be very the, interesting. The ship, I mean, look, there are some people who... There are some people whose attitudes towards Star Trek mirror... The Thermians from Galaxy Quest, like they really do think of it as historical tapes. And they have yet to get over the fact that the Klingons on this show look different than the other Klingons. And I get it. I mean, I totally get it too. There's a part like there, but for the grace of K, let's go I. I mean, I understand that mindset and I'm horrified that I could be one of them, but I get it. But so, yeah, the ship looks a little different. I mean, we only saw it for a second, but. I don't know. Now, what's interesting is... Um, well, let's tie. I mean, the star drive, the, the hull of the ship, the star drive looks a little built up. It, it's sort of echoing the uh, Constitution class refit from the motion picture, right? But there is a dish. There's a satellite dish on the front end of it, right? So you got your deflector array where it should be. Yeah. Now, the nacelles, I think the nacelles look... I've spent a lot of time staring at this thing in the last day and a half, in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, the nacelles, they look very, very Matt Jeffersy. It, it's really the design of this ship. I think it's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful marriage of the aesthetic that Discovery has made with the original series while respecting the original series. Those of you that were worried that the Constitution class would have uh, divots in the saucer section like it does in the diagram for the Defiant. Uh, rest, rest well. Uh, it does not. Uh, those of you that were thinking it wouldn't have the uh, dish at the front, congratulations, you have yourself a dish. Those of you that have always thought the pylons for the warp nacelles always looked a little fragile, you guys should be happy too because they're built up a little bit more like the A. Now there are also a little bit. Um, there's more blue, like a little the, blue the, see, seen through there. Yeah. Now what again, is, we don't we don't know. This could yet be another refit for the Constitution class that happens between the time we see it in Discovery and right. the time we see it in, in the cage. Right. That's a good point. You know, this could they could refit that ship again. They could go, you know what? These it's nacelles are better if we're yeah. if we cover if we enclose the entire nacelle and just expose the buzzard collector, we're gonna be okay. It's gonna go better. <laughs> so if they do that, they, there's so many ways they can write themselves you, out. You of, can retcon almost anything in your I'm head. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm delighted to do it. I, the, I, you know, I think that the registry number of 1031 for discovery. I think that's fine. I think what happened. Here's my retconning of that. If anyone cares. Yeah, bring it on. Uh, when they went to war with the Klingons, they decided to build everything that was sitting in space dock. Everything that was in the Utopia Planitia, that was a frame that maybe they didn't complete. 
for various reasons, they were like, we have to build everything. And I think that the discovery was in a weird place where it had started to be built and was assigned a registry number, but it was not launched. So they finished it up and launched it for the Klingon War. That's why it has a 1031 instead of a 1701. Um, all right. All okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome, okay. everybody. <laughs> Slow your roll. If you need me to retcon anything, I'll be here. I just think the numbers don't. Like, I think the numbers are sometimes you go to the deli yeah. and you take a number. Sure. And, and you're 86 my, yeah, yeah. and the guy after you was 14. Yeah. Like, it just is because. That makes sense, too. But, you know, my nerd brain is always. Well, my, like, my pastrami brain is, uh, is on the deli. <laughs> like, the reason that I don't think of Star Trek V as canon is not because of Cybok. It's because <laughs> of uh, the fact that when uh, they're in the turbo lift, there's 80 some odd decks that are clearly, it's clearly written behind them, 82. And we all know Constitution class uh, does not have that many. Decks. That's just too many. That's yeah. just too many. Well, listen, you know, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time because it is now officially you're off the clock, as I said. But but I'm talking about Star Trek, so I don't care. I'm happy to talk. What you need to do now, because we have a while until yeah. we're going to be seeing season two. We don't know the exact dates, but it's going to be many months. Yeah, yeah. There are two prequel novels that are out. One I've read mm-hmm. and Brian's read. One we just got because it just came out a couple days ago. And the first one, which is called Desperate Hours, Mm -hmm. is awesome. And it's set um, uh, a year before the first episode of Discovery. Right. And there's a lot of Spock and Burnham in it. Oh, boy. So, you know, if you're kind of itching, like, what the F is going to happen when... Yeah, I, get, I mean, I would imagine. By the that way, this whole thing of of Michael being a sibling of Spock, yeah, just as a Star Trek fan, it has never bothered me. No, and it's it awesome. Hasn't, it hasn't bothered me for the very simple reason that this happens with Spock. He has right. siblings. <laughs> he does not mention. He did it in five, and quite frankly, he's going to do it again. With right, right, right. Well, but not just that. What you'll see is they um, they didn't really grow up together. Mm-hmm. In desperate hours, they lay it out. Yeah. They they are um, they certainly have the same parents. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, biological sure. in the case of Spock. Um, but Spock was a good ten years younger, and Burnham was ben away. Michael, yeah, Burnham. Okay. Bur- Michael Burnham is older, and she was at school. <coughs> and then um, and then they separate, and then they both go their own separate ways. And the the most bonding they do is in the book that that you should read, and it's available. Great. Uh, you know, Amazon.com. Uh, so. Do you guys have a sponsor? Is, a, is there a Kindle code I could use? Is there any the, no, I'm, I'm not no, even we, shilling right now. If you guys have like any it. sort of sponsorships, let me know. I'd be you know, happy if, to you, buy if, you, if you have yet to get a copy of this book, uh-huh, I have yet to. I know some people at CBS that could probably get you a know, copy. Too. I would just like for once CBS to like throw me a bone. Throw you a bone. Just give me something. It's also like $8.99. Oh, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> I'll honestly probably listen to the audio version. Oh, there is an audio version. I have a lot of uh, a lot. Of, I have a lot of time. In yeah, you in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, and you don't listen to podcasts because they may talk about you. I don't listen to podcasts because, quite frankly, I do enough. <laughs> Since uh, I've been working in podcasts for about two and a half years now, and uh-huh. my podcast consumption outside of the ones I work on is like dropped significantly right yeah yeah it's hard you get tired of it yeah you get, you, and i never re-listen to anything that i do just because like i'm like i was there i don't need to i don't need <laughs> i heard it right um but if anyone if anyone out there cares to uh, find more podcasts uh just 
punch my name into your old uh, machine. Oh, yeah. It'll come out. In your Stitchers, in your Spotify's, and your Stitchers, and, and iTunes. It, if you want one where I'm, I'm showing uh, another comedy writer of the Goldbergs uh, what Star Trek The Next Generation was like, that exists, too, episode by episode. That is a very entertaining show. I've, it's I've a ridiculous it. program. It's very entertaining. And it's called the... It's called Star Trek The Next Conversation. Right, right. <laughs> So we, I have uh, heard it is very Yeah, we've been on break uh, because oh. I've been bouncing back and forth to New York. And uh, now we're, we're going to be back. So what are you watching when you're not watching Star Trek? What's, what's, what's exciting you sci-fi-wise? Blade Runner 2049, did you uh, like it? Beautiful movie. Yeah. It looked gorgeous. The plot was fine. Uh, the I mean, sci-fi-wise, it's hard to... I, I You know, and I, I'm happy to discuss this with anybody who cares to find me out on the street, but I really... I enjoyed the Last Jedi. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Did people? Is that is that is it like a thing? Are you keeps... not on the internet? Because there's a whole cadre of people who my want un... to burn that movie. My at the stake. understanding is, I was under the impression yeah. that the only people who did not like the Last Jedi were like Gamergate types that hate women. Feels like oh that. yeah, that was a it terrible. Feels thing. like, but there's also like <laughs> a lot of people that are like, well, you killed, you did. That's not my Luke. I'm just like, ugh. ugh. The old Luke was boring. Yeah. Yeah. He was a kid. We haven't seen him in a long time. Who knows what he was doing? Yeah, he was in a in a cave with drinking space milk from a big lizard. <laughs> what if he was? What if he uh, discovered the secret to holodecking? Let me tell you something. I love the people, by the way, that are upset about the the, <coughs> the, the the there's a there's a contingency of people and come at me, bros. Find me. I will I will talk to you about it. That are upset about uh, the way that. They can communicate on the discovery with with projections right. of they, of these of Admiral Cornwell, for yeah. instance. Hollow hollow yeah. communicators. Which I'm like, that's your that's your beef. You're <laughs> yeah. like you're this. You're <laughs> like so mad that they didn't think of this until the Defiant got one. Yeah. That you're like, and I'm also like, well, look, it's a shitty projection. It's not a great projection. It does there's twitch a lot out of, a lot. A lot of yeah, twitching true. out. Yeah. And on the Defiant, it's clearly a person standing on the set. Which it is in Discovery too, but like it, they refined it and they got it to the point yeah. that it's on the Defiant. It seems like uh, Discovery has a lot of uh, advanced tech on it. Yes, it does. Um, I like that on the Shenzhou, uh, Giorgio can say privacy and her blinds click down. Yes, that was nice. Like or they frost it out. The glass frosts out. I love. I, I love uh, little things like that. And I, what I hope for in in the next uh, season of Discovery is uh, just as a as a young man who always wanted to be an engineer on board a starship. I hope we see some more engineering. I yeah, want to see, I want to see those warp cores. We have yet to meet the chief engineer. That is correct. Well, I mean, there's a lot of room for new cast members at this yes, point. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little annoyed that they're getting a new captain. I right. thought Saru was going to be the yeah, captain. Saru was such a good captain. I don't understand why they made that decision, but. I was surprised. You know, maybe uh, it's a red herring, and they're just saying it, and then you know, they'll get sidetracked in this mission, and Saru's the captain. Yes, yeah, they may not anyway. even get to Vulcan for six episodes with their new Michigas. Very true. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of crossing my fingers for that, honestly. We got to bail Pike out of some mess. He's yeah. No, into. I would like for Saru to be the captain. I think that we should meet the um, the chief engineer, mm -hmm. and we should meet the chief medical officer also, which Colbert never was. Correct. Colbert was Doctor mm -hmm. Number Three. Correct. So we have two big opportunities there. And I've always there. known that. And I've always, that's always been a little thing of like, why, why, why? Where's Bones? We, why are we following these cast members who are all fantastic? 
Give yeah. me my chiefs of staffs. Well, that's always been, that was a dis- that I think probably goes back to Brian Fuller. Oh, of course, because of course. he, you know, the the by now by episode fifteen, we know the bridge crew, Detmer mm-hmm. and the others, but we don't really hang out with them, right. and and that's that's a that's a twist, you know. And that's, a big big thank you to Ted Sullivan this year for giving us a captain's log from Saru. Yeah, oh, it was so great. Was, yeah. Saru is a lot of fun. Thirteen, uh, I will say, episode thirteen of Discovery. Uh, was my favorite episode of Star Trek in a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm tied between that and the Time Loop episode. Yeah. Time Loop episode was just so much fun. You know, I, I can mm-hmm. go for Harry Mud, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to be honest. Uh, he was so iconically played in the original series. Yes. It felt weird to bring in another iconic actor. To play well, him, I mean, look... We're gonna have to deal with that. If I mean, listen, unless episode one of season two is a, a radio from Pike saying, "Oh, we're okay," and they zoom away, we're gonna be seeing ostensibly Pike mm-hmm. number one, mm-hmm. also known as Commander Una, mm-hmm. uh, the little redhead. I forget her name. She's adorable. Yes, nice bob cut there. Uh, and we're gonna be seeing not just Spock, but old Spock. Yeah. So this is the thing. I'm gonna spoil Smiley a little bit. Smiley Spock. Angry Spock, the one who shouts, the women. That's true. <laughs> here's the here's the dig. I, I'm going to spoil the book a little bit that I want you to read. Book spoil. Because the book retcons why Cage Spock is different from real Spock. It something happens, and not just like he has a he has like a, a an interesting day. Like something changes in Spock mm-hmm. that changes him from. Ah, yells the women, you know, and he's shouting all the time in the cage to like normal Spock. So listen, I, I just want to say, as a writer of television, sometimes you do things, and then you go and you watch it, and it airs, and you live with it for a second, and then you go like, you know what? I think we can do a little bit better. Sure, and then you do it. And the beauty of not writing science fiction is that I don't have to have people write novels <laughs> retconning my creative decision for my property. No. Uh, it's only only a few things have yeah. these troubles. So. Yeah. So what you know, are they gonna cast a different Spock? I mean, I don't They're I mean, gonna have to, yeah. I think so. I think they're gonna have to. There's no way we don't. As far as I can tell, the way they're setting this up, yeah. I think we're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna have to see Spock. We're gonna have to see This is I your am, conjecture. The this uniforms. is all this, this is, all is not conjecture. official. You were I not I have no official information. <laughs> I'm not involved in the writing process of discovery. You know what they should do? What should they do? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna throw it all down. And we talked it. about this a little bit last all week. Right. You see. know who they should play, get to play the new Spock? Who? They should get Zachary Quinto. I'm gonna tell you why. I tell you why, and I can legally tell you why they cannot do that. But go oh, ahead. it's a, it's a legal thing. All it right. is a legal thing. The Star Trek. Uh, those of you listening to the official mm-hmm. Star Trek podcast, yeah. I will now inform you of some Star Trek legalities that yeah. happened. Uh, the separation of Paramount and Viacom, uh, CBS and Viacom, CBS and Paramount is a line that is drawn down the sand. This may change because there isn't. There are talks we've, of we've talked about everything. that. <laughs> but the movie universe and the. TV universe are different universes altogether with different actors, different creative teams, et cetera, et cetera. The only holdover we have is Kurtzman, and uh, I think he'd have to, even he could not hire the lawyers needed to get Zachary Kinto on they board. They hired Quackery Zinto, is what it is. <laughs> Here's why I'm suggesting it. And I, I have nothing but admiration and respect for Zachary yeah. Kinto, but every other member of the Kelvin timeline mm-hmm. is like, they're kind of out of Trek now. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine's, you know, he's got a lot going on. Everybody else has got a lot going on. 
Quinto just announced that he's rebooting In Search Of. Did you know this? That's insanity. He's doing this. This was in this was in the trades. I mean, for History Channel, he's I not, think. He's not making it up. <laughs> Which is crazy, right? Because everybody else is like, yes, I do Star Trek, but my name is Chris yeah. Pine, and yeah. I'm in Wonder Woman. Yeah. I'm in yeah. A Wrinkle in yeah. Time. My name is John Cho. I yeah. do independent films that play at Sundance. Quinto is like, Quinto does other things. He's a producer. He uh-huh. produces a lot uh-huh. of independent films. Yeah. You know, he's he's got a life outside of Trek, but he's kind of just like, fuck it. I'm 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 Spock 2.0. Let's just <laughs> lean into it. Listen, if he and, if he if he reboots and directs Three Men and a Baby, I'm gonna <laughs> lose my mind. Uh, All right, so they're yeah. gonna have to recast Spock. I mean, Quinto Listen, was too I old like to the play. Quinto idea because he, you know, he has the might as well do he it. Has the, he has the blessing of the family and yeah. of, of Leonard Nimoy. And he might as well like, like if they if they have to bring back Spock, he's right there. He's it's, a little too it's, old. It's but having it's, to catch lightning in a bottle three times, which is a very difficult thing. So yeah. they're casting people have a lot cut out. Right, if if yeah. they choose to show Spock, they might screw up. They're casting, and we know that Quinto lot. is reliable. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's a legal thing. He would have to. He would have. Well, to, yeah, because it's just the paramount. You he would know. have to do it under cover of night. You can figure that out by looking at your Twitter and checking out the fact that there is an at Star Trek CBS. Yeah. and an at Star Trek. Yeah, it's a little. It's there. It's a little confusing. The Star Trek family is big and and bold, and at the end of the day, everyone loves each other. Yes, that's what's it's, important. We all the they all the work day, together. We all strive well. to make humanity better. Yeah, but there is. Um, it would be kind of funny. I mean. Recasting Pike, recasting Major Barrett's role—that's going to be tough too, but yeah. not as tough as, as making a third Spock. Well, and I'll tell—I'll say why that is. Pike, we only saw for uh, two episodes, right? Right. Uh, and Majel's character as as the first officer is someone we saw for one episode, right? Right. right. So you know she's back, but she's Nurse Chapel, she's right? Not playing yeah. the same character. So you know these those two roles are not. As iconic as someone we've seen for three seasons, yeah. six moves, seven, eight, hang on, seven, I, I, eight, nine movies. It's crazy. I'm well, saying I mean, nine because there's a photo of him in, in, in Into Darkness. So. And Leonard Nimoy as Spock is, I say unto you, I'm going to throw down. Yeah. 20th century icons of entertainment. Yes. Charlie Chaplin as the tramp. Uh-huh. Leonard Nimoy as Spock. <laughs> what else is there? The Beatles? Yeah, I'm okay. both their music, right. sure, but yeah, sure. the Beatles. Oh, and you like said entertainment. Sixty-four Beatles at Ed Sullivan with the with the bowl <laughs> yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? Beatles. What else is that big? Man with no name, Clint Eastwood, maybe. But that's no, that's second tier. Yeah. No offense to Clint. Let me think on that for a second. What uh, Nixon doing this? Yeah, Darth Vader. Fuck that guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a lot of there's a lot of icons. Darth out there. Vader's annoying because you know what? Darth Vader for me. Is annoying because like because the prequels because now he's like a good guy kind of he hates sand i mean so it it makes it complicated sean connery is james bond no because there's roger moore and there's the other guys it, it, it dilutes it but by that by that Does logic it? quinto would dilute Spock and here's also. the idea too you know you know look at it like this i was not 20th century that's right. Thank you. Thank there's you very a, much. There's a great, I'll plug it right now because I love it. There's a great uh, YouTube channel guy does called Junk Ball Media. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but they do a lot of, they cover a lot of Star Trek stuff. He like does these things called uh, therapy. And what he does is he goes through each ship. So like the Enterprise D, he has like a 30 minute like breakdown of all of it. Like when it was built, how many decks, my favorite kind of thing. But he tweeted the other day. 
that he looks at the Star Trek universe now as the James Bond universe. And like any director who comes in is going to put their own spin on it. And yeah. it's, and you just have to like, you love it. And I still, you know, I love all of James sure. Bond. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Felix Leiter, one, one, I forget which movie, Felix Leiter was black in one, in one movie and then uh, he was two, white again. Jeffrey Wright. Played by Jeffrey Wright, he's in uh, he's in uh, he was, of Solace and Casino Royale. But before that, there was a black Felix Leiter. In, no, oh, a hundred percent, there was. Oh, unless you're thinking of Never Say Never Again. It was no, no, no. It was. It was. Are I, you thinking was, of Coral? No, I think it was one of the Roger Moore okay. ones. Okay, I do a podcast called James Bonding, which right. is the not, it's an unofficial, <laughs> but it's a James Bond podcast, and I can run through all of your Felix Leiters. Right I now. feel like one of them was a Jack black Lord man. played the first Felix Leiter in Doctor No, and he had some lady sunglasses on. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the only person to repeat. Felix Leiter, besides Jeffrey Wright, yeah, uh, was the guy that did it in *Live and Let Die* and *License to Kill*. Okay, uh, which is like maybe it was *Never Say apart. Never Again* because does that not count? Yeah, that... it, it could have been *Never Say Never Again* because that does not count, and and you may be one hundred percent correct. And because that is non-canonical bonding, oh, man. I'm like, meh. Should I Google I'll this? I'll see it once. Go ahead, yeah. Real quick, I can guarantee you. Should I ask Siri or should I type it in? Siri, who played Felix Leiter in? Siri, who played Felix Leiter in *Never Say Never Again*? Siri's like, fuck. I might be a little too. All right, all right here we go. Sure. Yes, never. Bernie, Ca- Bernie Casey and Never Say Never Again. And is he an African-American? He is an African-American gentleman. I feel really, really You should feel good <laughs> and vindicated, but I should also feel good and vindicated no. because it was not an official Eon no. production. It is not in the Bond canon as far as we know or care. This is the best sort of we're both right. I feel like I feel like if Israel and Palestine could do what we just did, there yeah. would be peace in the Middle East. That was really, really nice. What we just happened there. Uh, did a great job. <laughs> uh, so long, nerds. Find me on the internet doing nerdy things. You know what? I think it's about time, Brian, don't you? Yeah. Was... We're going to go get some lunch. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. Of course. You can be found uh, on Twitter. Your official handle is? At Matt Myra, M-A-T-T-M-I-R-A. And you've got podcasts all over the internet. So many podcasts. Listen to you. Listen to me on James Bonding. Listen to me on Star Trek The Next Conversation. Listen to me on formerly the Nerdist podcast, now the ID10T podcast. Listen to me. Uh, occasionally, I'll do a Frasier podcast with Kevin Smith called Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs. <laughs> Uh, I also occasionally will do a podcast with Scott Mosier called Phoebe, Four Eyes and Beard. Uh, if you need me, you can find me. Is that one done in the podcast palace that they have? The um... Oh, the, po- the Smod Castle? <laughs> yes. The Smod Castle's one... been shut down for quite a while. Oh, no. Uh, you Not know, that long. A couple years, I it guess. It feels like quite a while well, to me. Yeah. I did, we did a podcast with Will Wheaton live from there once, an episode wow. of Nerdists from there. Um, but yeah, I have a ton of podcasts. Find me uh, and watch the Goldbergs Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on ABC. Fabulous. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.